everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. Without further ado, here are the top 12 games for 2022 that we covered and reviewed in the last 12 months. Not all the games were released this year, and technically one of them was reviewed in literally the last day of last year. But, my house, my rules. Will this list make a huge difference to the company's sales? Will they take to the streets to tell everybody that their game made a certain non-wizard happy? Are they looking for a special badge to add to their box for the next printing? Probably no, on all counts. But I wanted to say thank you to everyone on this list who provided me with many hours of entertainment. So here we go. Number 12. Horizon Zero Dawn from Steamforge Games. Now, for all the things I wanted it to be, it managed to deliver on what it is, which is a highly effective deck-building combat hybrid. There's Horizon Zero Fat on this game. It plays well as a series of calculated moments, and my other criticisms aside, it brings the hunt. Number 11. Village Rails Card Game from Osprey Games. Village Rails looks the part with clear iconography and charming illustrations on the terrain. They've done a great job of fitting the theme in with the mechanics. There's something rather neat about seeing you build a railway line as you place down your cards on the tableau you're creating, and there's been a real effort to give it some country charm on the table. Think of it like a cheese pickle sandwich. It gives a great country-like flavour and there's a decent amount of crunch for those willing to give it a good bite. Choo-choo! Number 10. <clears throat> Wormholes board game from Alderac Entertainment Group. Now, I felt there's quite a lot of moving things that you need to keep an eye on in order to get the best out of the game. And it wasn't unusual to have the rulebook sitting not too far away just to remind yourself of how the various parts of the bigger machine interacted with each other. There's a lack of immediate, oh I get it, that was present in Tiny Towns, but to compare the two probably breaks some hideous rule about comparing completely different gaming mechanics from the game designer. There's more depth than I expected, and it's a game that demands and ultimately benefits hugely from player interaction as quickly as it can be facilitated. It's pick up and deliver, Jim, but not as we know it. Number 9. It's Keystone North America from new publishers Rose Gauntlet Entertainment. So you, I said, you can tell that Keystone North America comes from an experienced design team that have invested some effort in making sure their game was not only fun to play, but delivered on helping you understand a bit more about the importance of conservation. There's a lot more crunch than what you expect from the extremely vibrant and wonderful illustrated visuals. While the base mechanics are extremely easy to learn, the game evolves over time to really get you thinking about your card purchases and placement. With the inclusion of a solo mode that has some real care and attention smothered over it, I must say I'm rather excited to see what Rose Gauntlet has in store for us in the future designs. They clearly woke up and chose Violet. Number 8. 
Vengeance Roll and Fight Part 2, the board game from Mighty Boards. So roll and write which Vengeance tries new and different, increasing what a roll and write can do with some success. The mixture of resource management, pushing your luck and planning works well. As well with all dice games, when the rolls don't go your way, you'll feel angry enough to punch someone. Lucky in this case, if you want to, then you can. Smack it up. Number seven. Undaunted North Africa and the Undaunted Reinforcements box from Osprey Games. Undaunted is self-aware of its relative simplicity and its base mechanics and what it brings to the table. The collection of scenarios and campaigns that it offers alongside the solo mood will mean that this is going to offer a lot of gaming time for those who want to dive back into the subject matter of World War II. For those who are fans of the Undaunted series, then this could be seen as a must-have to not only complete but complement what you have already. For those looking at the deck-building genre for the first time and are wanting more than cards but less than skirmish, then Undaunted Reinforcements will suit. It's not going to drown you in technicalities and a complicated meta that only long-term players will understand. It's possible it might make you think and want to learn more about the events that the games are based on. And at the moment, I can't see that being a bad thing at all. Number six. A Chroma the Card Game from Realm Runner Studios. This is a new game from a new company. Um, published, available and out there at retail. And I said I was hoping that people give give it a chance, pick up a deck, give it a go, as it'd be a real shame for something which has had this amount of care, work and charm just rumble along before it unfortunately fails like others before it. There's a lot to like here, trying something different and looking as charming as it is, a pleasant surprise that deserves a lot more eyes on it. Number five. The Resident Evil 3 board game, plus the City of Ruin expansion from Steamforge Games. Now, Steamforge could have cashed in with a bland and by-the-numbers dungeon-crawler-type game with a Resident Evil 3 skin present to please the fans and keep the IP owners happy. Instead, they opted to create an experience that will push you as a player to make decisions on the hoof in order to survive and ultimately triumph in Raccoon City. There's a real tension to proceedings as you play through the game, running past zombies and firing round after round in the attempt to stay alive. A surprising adaptation that works well on the table. Number four was Tiny Towns from Alderock Entertainment Group. And I said, that for me is why Tiny Towns works. There's a very pure, simple mechanic that doesn't need to do anything more to impress. I'm sure during the development that Peter McPherson left a ton of ideas in the cutting room full of floor. And I feel that Tiny Towns does all the better for it. Within two turns you get it. You don't need to try to understand more or check through rule books for reminders of what happens when you reach that particular part in the game. Even when the game ends, the points are decided by buildings you've been playing with and not by some arbitrary points counter hidden somewhere at the back of the rulebook. I can see why this was liked and I can see very much why it might stay in people's collections. Tiny Towns deserves to take up 30 minutes of your time only to show you just how some things just work. Number three. Brian Boru. 
Brian Boru brings an extra dimension to your standard Euro in the form of an innovative trick-taking aspect that works in rewarding those who are patient and strategic with their plays. It's relatively straightforward to learn, and thanks to its well-designed rulebook, it copes well with stopping runaway winners. I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays in the long run, and I have a full grasp of how to maximise the benefits from both the winning and losing tricks. Until then, I'll be relying on the luck of the Scottish. This is going to please those who like their Euros without the heaviness of the capital E. He's not the Messiah. He's just a very enjoyable board game. And as time goes on with Brian Boru, you begin to like the mechanics that trick-taping involves good losing as well as bad winning. And that is why it continues to be part of the collection. Wonderful stuff. Number two. God Tier, the board game from Steamforge Games. God Tier is excellent, taking me by surprise how intuitive it is and how deep and tactical it can be. It looks great on the table, doesn't take ages to learn and plays long enough to scratch that skirmish itch without turning into a slow war of attrition. And while there's some additional expense to get your team up to fighting strength, it still offers a lot of replay value to those who are looking to stretch their gaming dollar. You could argue they could have called it God Tear, which doesn't work unless it's on the written page. This continues to be a surprising game with just the mixture of different teams that you can bring together that ultimately kind of turn the different tactics that you need on their head from kind of game to game. And there's mixes that people can come up with which continue to surprise. And that's why it's one that I'm going to keep in the collection for a long time. But now, number one. <clears throat> and it deserves a clearing of the throat. Number one is Acropolis, the board game, Gigamic. Acropolis manages the perfect mix of ease of learning, player interaction and tactics. Because of the randomness of the tiles, you have to keep on your toes with how you're going to play out a round. A winning combination that wins you in one game might be impossible to achieve in the next, and you'll need to adjust your layout accordingly. It gives a fairness to the game that holds it well down the line. While you can have a winning tactic, you'll need to see how the tiles are dealt out to see if you can use it, and with only 12 rounds in a game, holding back will lead to panic and scrambling for less rewarding combinations. The easy rules mean that younger players can play, while the depth of scoring means that even your most hardy point salad connoisseur is going to like this. Acropolis is brilliant. If you're going to get the chance to pick up, and then do so. If you get the chance to play it, then it's only 15 minutes of your time to see how well designed a tile-laying scoring game can be. Well done to Chul's Mesod for the design. Pauline Detraz has done a great job in the clear illustrations of the tiles. Just fabulous stuff. Yeah, Acropolis is a game I've played like at least once every couple of weeks and I'm failing to get tired of its simplicity. It's easy to teach and all the various tactics that just seem to work. I've still not really scratched the surface with the additional gameplay variations and while you could argue it's not the biggest heavy hitter you maybe would have expected to see number one, I don't remember having a simple complaint about this game being put on the table to play in the last three or four months since I started playing it. Simply wonderful and a perfect example of what a board game can be. It's just really easy to learn. I mean, that's the main thing. One of the biggest hurdles for any game that I play is the ability for me to put it in front of a table and have people literally within five minutes going, yes, I definitely get this and then I know how to play. And then 10 minutes down the line going, I now have a tactic that I know. And then when in their second game, 
they're trying a tactic and realizing it's not working and having to switch it for another one. It's just so simple. And as I say, there's like variations of the game that we haven't even scratched yet. There's the end scoring bonuses that you can add if you want to. It's just a game that keeps on giving. And that's why it's not only going to be staying in my collection, that we kind of are awarding it our game of 2022. So well done, Acropolis. Well done, Gigamic. And uh, that's our top wonderful golden dozen of 2022. Thanks for listening. Until the next time. Enjoy the rest of your year. Have a wonderful break and we shall speak to you very, very soon. Bye-bye. A wizard is never late. Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to.